Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You are listening to LMFM's 11 to 1 with Sinead Brazel. Good morning. How are you getting on this cold Thursday morning? Hope you're keeping well. WhatsApp and text lines are open 086 1800 658. Let's kick off with Kim Carnes. We've got a lot to get through on the programme. Elaine Byrne, our solicitor, is going to be back with us very shortly. So we did have questions left over from the last time that she was on with us and we did promise that we would revisit them. So if you sent me in a question regarding a question around wills or uh, any kind of information that you need on that, Elaine is going to be answering them for you very shortly. But also, this is really interesting. She sent me on an article from a very recent case where a man was born in a mother and baby home and uh, had been obviously estranged from the mother but in later life had gotten in touch with her and they'd had some sort of a relationship and uh, the family knew about him and all the rest but he was actually left out of the will and he took a case against uh, this and being left out of it and was actually awarded €225,000 so we're going to go into the ins and outs of that and it makes for very interesting conversation so we'll have all of that with Elaine Byrne very shortly want to tell you about this. This is going to be a fantastic night. It's on the 8th of April. It's called Women Who Wow, which I love the kind of title of this. It's a night to celebrate womanhood and it's happening in the Newgrange Hotel on the 8th of April. I'm going to be hosting on the night and I'm really excited because I'm going to be meeting women from all walks of life who wow on a daily basis. Um, All the funds from this as well, which is a great idea, all the funds are going to the Meath Women's Refuge and it has been organised by a personal trainer called Aoife Bradley. She's based in Navin. And uh, she's just come up with this wonderful idea because it's kind of a celebration of coming out of lockdown and everything. And she was chatting to me on the phone yesterday and she said it was just sort of came out of this idea of I'd connected with a lot of different women on Instagram over lockdown and... You know, they'd sort of kept each other going, I suppose, really through lockdown and everything else and homeschooling and working from home and all of that. So they decided to get together and create this. And it's just a really lovely night with lots of surprises in store, lots of great entertainment for this. And all of the funds raised are going to me, the Women's Refuge. There's €4,000 already raised for me, the Women's Refuge, which is amazing because people are logging on already and getting their tickets. There's going to be guest speakers, women in business showcasing 
their business, music and entertainment, as I said, spot prizes and giveaways. And there's going to be a big, big prize of a makeover as well, which is going to be a really nice prize for up for grabs. So there's an early bird ticket uh, situation at the moment that's available until Monday. So if you head over to their social media, so it's women who wow underscore event. OK, that's where you'll find them on like um, Instagram. I also posted, if you follow me on Instagram, at Sinead Brazzle LMFM, you'll find the links and stuff on my Instagram as well and the tickets are just €25 at the moment for the early bird ticket and then they go up to 35 after Monday and we will be joined by Aoife on Monday's show to chat all about this event but if you fancy just getting the glad rags on getting together with the girls having the ultimate celebration of women women who wow April 8th stick it in the diary I know it's going to be something I'm very much looking forward to and delighted to be invited by Aoife to host that wonderful event uh, and all proceeds going to Meath Women's Refuge which is really a great great cause doing so much amazing work in this area so do get your tickets you can get them social media is the place to go women who wow that's that's where you'll get all the details of that now back to the music here's picture this want to wish Joe Rowe in Navin or sorry John Rowe John Rowe in Navin a very happy birthday hope you're having a great day that's coming in from Joe hope you're having a great day uh, where, wherever you're celebrating John but Joe is thinking about you today I have tickets up for grabs for a brilliant show. It's called Seven Drunken Nights, the story of the Dubliners and it's reaching its fifth anniversary milestone and it's sold out. It's a, you know, smash hit kind of UK and international tours. So this show is coming to Ireland and uh, it's kicking off the celebrations in the TLT. I'm going to give you all the details of how you can get your hands on tickets just after these. 11 to 1 on LMFM. It's competition time now and Seven Drunken Nights, the story of the Dubliners is heading for the TLT. It's direct from the West End and the show brings to life the music of Ireland's favourite sons, the Dubliners. It tells the story of a career spanning 50 years, evoking the spirit of Ronnie Drew, Luke Kelly, Barney McKenna, Jim McCann, Kieran Burke and John Sheehan. Talented cast of musicians and singers bringing the music of this iconic group to life. It's performing in the TLT on Sunday, February 27th. All of the details for this are on the TLT.ie website and at the box office. I have two pairs of tickets up for grabs if you'd like to go along. All you have to do, so simple, I've named them there as well. Name a member of the Dubliners. Send your answer in to me 086 1800 658 and you could be going along to that show guaranteed to have you singing and clapping along to a lot of different classics. Wild Rover, the Black Velvet Band, the Irish Rover, Molly Malone, loads of them. All the favourites are in there. So all you have to do is name a member of the Dubliners and you could be going along to Seven Drunken Nights, the story of the Dubliners happening in the TLT in Drogheda on the 27th of February. That's this Sunday. 86 658 for your answers, please. Now, on a Thursday, I like to give my little TV recommendations. It's Sinead's top three on the tube. And just the final reminder on this one, OK? Set the timer for Peaky Blinders returning. They are back, BBC, Sunday night, BBC One at 9pm. And a little reminder for you, the last time we saw Tommy Shelby, he had a gun to his own head, screaming in an empty field. 
an awful lot apparently according to Killian Murphy is going to be revealed in the first 10 minutes of episode 1 series 6 Sunday night BBC 1 9pm now this is clashing slightly so you might have to tape one or other of these but uh, Louis Thoreau is back Forbidden America Porns Me Too that's BBC 2 on Sunday at 9pm okay he heads off to LA as the world of adult entertainment grapples with its own wave of the hashtag Me Too and the rise of platforms like OnlyFans give adult performers financial independence away from the studio model of old so a new generation are using these platforms to call out predatory industry figures so he's delving into the whole world of that so that's on Sunday BBC 2 at 9 a lot of people are very excited about this Killing Eve is returning to our lives yes RTE 1 Tuesday the 1st of March at quarter past 10 so you'll remember the emotional climax of last year's season 3 so Eve Villanelle and Carolyn are in very different places Eve is on a revenge mission Villanelle has found a new community in an attempt to prove she's not quote unquote a monster uh, then if I don't want to spoil too much but Caroline goes to extraordinary lengths to uh, continue to chase down the 12 and the person that ordered the hit on Kenny okay so just people who are up to date with Killing Eve will know what all that's about I don't want to spoil too much but there you go Killing Eve Tuesday the 1st or to E1 and that's at quarter past 10. Now I did talk about this yesterday we were chatting about kind of what intrigues us about you know scam artists like the and shows like the Tinder Swindler and that kind of thing and Inventing Anna I did mention this yesterday this has uh, it's on Netflix a while now but it's notched up the most viewing hours for an English language series in a week since the streaming began its new rating systems uh, so this is a nine part show and it stars Ozark's Julia Garner so she plays the fake heiress Anna Sorkin and it was watched apparently for 196 million hours last week there you go Uh, so it's based on this New York magazine's investigation into her Uh, she was going by the name Anna Delvey and she convinced people she was a wealthy European heiress it turned out she conned friends hotels and even banks out of eye-watering amounts of money huge amounts of money Uh, but it's um, yeah I've watched one or two episodes of this now this is you know like it's one of those ones this is not a documentary even though it's based on true life they are taking artistic license and running with it here there's a lot of kind of mixing of fact and fiction and there has been sort of criticisms thrown out there from people who actually were involved in the real life Anna case but take all of that as you will okay it is drama at the end of the day and you know as we spoke about this yesterday it's one of those things where you will be on the edge of your seat with this she's kind of a horrific character to be perfectly honest so far of what I've seen of her Uh, but yeah it's very very good I can see why people are watching it it is on Netflix now and that's Sinead's top three on the tube Elaine Byrne is back with us on 11 to 1 very shortly we're going to be discussing a recent case which is very interesting where a man was awarded €225,000 from his estranged mother's estate despite the fact that he was left out of her will and she's also coming back to some of your questions on wills as well. That's all coming after these. 11 to 1 on LMFM What happens if you are left out of your parents' will? Do you have any rights or claim on a portion of your parents' estate? Well, a really interesting case occurred recently where a man was awarded €225,000 from his estranged mother's estate, despite the fact that he was left out of the will. We're going to be discussing the details of this case, plus we are answering your queries on wills. Our legal eagle solicitor Elaine Byrne from Elaine Byrne Solicitors in Athboy is back on the line with us. How are you doing, Elaine? 
Good morning, Sinead. Great to have you with us again. Now, this is such an intriguing case that you sent on to me. Firstly, tell us the details of this. Yes, really interesting, I think. So here, the the plaintiff, so the gentleman, he was born in 1955. And as the judge remarked, in a very different Ireland. So his mother was unmarried and his father sadly died in an accident a couple of months before he was born. And he gave evidence that he believed that he was born in a mother and baby home. He was brought up then by another family to whom he was apparently given by the lady, possibly some months after he was born. Um, But there was no formal adoption in place. So the lady then, she died in June 2015 at an advanced age. And she had made a will. And under the terms of her will, she had left her house and land, which was about 70 acres, to a nephew. And she had made some other small bequests, but she hadn't left anything to the gentleman, her son. And when it came to court, the value of the estate was just under €780,000. That is really interesting because, like, you know, for somebody that had this son and from what we can gather on the reporting of this, there was some kind of a relationship. He did mention that, you know, that he had kind of obviously tracked her down and they had spent time together before being kind of estranged again. And her family very much did know about him. So to leave all of it pretty much to her extended family, to a nephew, this is very strange, isn't it? Yeah, so there was evidence and the judge accepted it that it was known within the family and the wider community that he was the son of the lady. But the judge was really clear to say that she couldn't stand in judgment of this deceased lady who wasn't there to speak for herself. And there are some really poignant facts, um, Sinead. So the gentleman said that when he travelled to play Gaelic football with his underage team in his mother's hometown, which poignantly was only 10 miles away from he lived, that she always went to watch his matches. Mm. And at the time, he noticed her, but he didn't know who she was. And for whatever reason, the lady didn't welcome him into her life um, when, when he was older. But... The, the evidence, it nevertheless it presented a really poignant image of this woman. She's probably still only in her late 30s or mm. 40s at the time, watching her only child from a distance. So the court acknowledged and empathised with the son's feelings, but equally it bore in mind that it had no direct evidence of his mother's experiences and the pressures on her, both yeah. familial and social. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, I would have thought as well, Elaine, in legal terms now, if you were left out of a will, whether you were, you know, a blood relative or not, that that was it, end of story, that you couldn't sort of fight this. Yeah, well, generally, generally it is the case, Sinead, but there is a really important section of our Succession Act and it's section 117 of the Act. And that's what this case looked at and that's why I think this case you know it's so it's it's, it's interesting but so important legally and so the judge said that so the son wasn't provided for during his lifetime or under the will and the judge noted that there was an absence of any competing claim and the lady herself lived quite a frugal lifestyle Mm. she was about to leave really considerable assets to a series of nieces and nephews. So the judge really thought that she should have made some provision for the plaintiff. 
So as you said, Sinead, the judge said then that proper provision would be an amount of 225000 And interestingly then, the judge said that because the agricultural lands constituted by far the most valuable asset in the estate, that the sum then should be charged on those lands. So the people getting the smaller bequests weren't affected, but the nephew who was getting the the land, he ultimately would be paying this money. Okay, I understand where you're coming from with this. Right, so that's very interesting, uh, very interesting. So in terms of, you know, what are the consequences of this judgment then, say, for other children that might be in a similar circumstance to this man? Yeah, so look, there's probably lots of listeners, you know, maybe who have looked direct or indirect experience or, mm. or um, in this situation. So I think it is, um, it's a really important case. As you said, Sinead, in general, you know, when a will is made, there's no deviation from it. So I think that in and of itself is really important. Just, we mentioned at the outset there that the gentleman here, he wasn't adopted. So that's mm. really, really important. So if he had been adopted, there wouldn't have been any case. And then just the other thing, just for listeners to be aware, is with this section 117, there's a really strict time limit. So if I have a really, I could have the best case in the world, Sinead, but if I don't get my proceedings issued within six months of the date of the grant, there's nothing that I can do. So just six months time period is really important. That's really important to know. That's really interesting. Now we're going to go back to some of our listeners' questions that we had from before. And the first one is from A.T. and P. Murphy. They want to leave their house to their only daughter, Jennifer. It's valued at 500,000. Will she have to pay tax on this? Okay, so... um, When we talk about wills and about leaving property, the tax that we're always talking about is capital acquisitions tax. And its application then will depend on the relationship between the person giving or leaving the property and the person getting it. So for this couple then, it's going from a parent to a child. So your daughter, Jennifer, as a child, her group threshold is group A. So what that means is that she can get €335,000 tax-free. And anything above that then will be subject to tax. So your house, it's valued at 500000 So if we take away our 335000 that gives us 165000 And then that's going to be taxed. So your daughter, Jennifer, she'll have tax to pay. It'll be about €55,000. Okay. So, um, and just, you know, I suppose we often chat about wills and, you know, why might we make a will or, or not make a will. And one of the things that's really important for me, I think any listener, we work so hard for anything that we have. So something that's so important is tax planning. So to, you know, that when you're making your will to consider all of the taxes, to consider any reliefs, to consider any exemptions, because... Yeah, as I say, I think we all work really hard. So we want to to keep it within the family as opposed to the tax man. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, Margaret, we do. Uh, The second one we have here for you is we have three children. Two are both married with their own families. We have a third child with special needs. He lives at home with us. He has intellectual disabilities. We want to ensure he's taken care of. uh, These people want to put the house in his name only. They have given their other children money towards deposits for a house and feel they are sorted, but their son will 
need to have security so the house could be sold to fund his care maybe when they are gone. Is this advisable? What should they do? Okay, well, I think the first thing I would really commend this couple for starting the process in terms of planning for the future. It's difficult for us all. And I think for anybody with a family member with additional needs, it's more challenging. So, Sinead, we spoke a little while ago, I think it was in November, and we kind of spoke a lot about um, family members with additional needs and how we might make provision for them. So at the time, we mentioned trusts. And I always say, so a trust is a a complex legal structure, but I always say trust by name and trust by nature. So it's really important who you appoint as trustees. So I would say for this couple that, yeah, to consider setting up a trust, be really careful who you appoint as your trustees. And you can give then quite extensive powers to those trustees so that maybe, you know, the the house, maybe your son could live in the house or maybe the house could be sold to pay for his care or, you know, I suppose to give a good bit of discretion to the trustees so that whatever is right for your son, that they will be able to carry out yeah. those wishes. And and to kind of maybe have it, you know, as, a, as you mentioned there, you know, a third party maybe outside of his siblings as the trustees might be the better option there. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm getting a lot coming in here. Um, I don't know if maybe we can answer this one on 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 the fly here, Elaine. But uh, can the executor of a will put in a counterclaim on the will without informing the beneficiaries of that will? Uh, please try and get this question on for this uh, message coming in here. So, can the executor of a will put in a counterclaim on the will without informing the beneficiaries of that will? So, an executor. So an executor can be both, you know, say they can be an executor and they can be a beneficiary. Okay. And I'm just wondering, so if, say, the counterclaim is related, say, to the benefit that the executor is getting, it wouldn't be appropriate then in those circumstances for the executor to act as executor. So say if, if Sinead, say you've made a will and you've named Elaine as executor, and then you've made, you've given me ten thousand euro. So if I'm making some kind of claim about my benefit or in my capacity as beneficiary, then I should step aside from acting as executor. So it I suppose it would depend on the nature of the counterclaim. Yes. So if it's to do with the executor personally, they shouldn't be doing that without giving notice to the beneficiaries. They should step aside from acting as executor. Okay, you can't be both essentially in this scenario is what we're kind of saying. And yeah, we need, it could be a conflict of interest. Conflict yeah. of interest, absolutely. Hopefully that helps. Uh, hopefully that helps you, Message. Thank you so much. Um, now, this is going back to our one that we had uh, sent in to us before uh, that we didn't get to. My wife and I recently came into a lot of money. We decided to put it aside for our children when we're gone. One of our sons is estranged from us. Going back to this topic again there. If we include him in the will, is this going to cause problems for our other children? They don't speak to him. We still love him even though we haven't spoken to him in so long and we want to ensure he's included in this. So look, when we make our wills Sinead, it's really important. It is our wishes and we can take into consideration other people's views and other children's views, but it is ultimately what we want. So I would suggest, so this couple, yeah, you want to include um, this son. Look, hopefully relations will improve, but you want to include him in your will. So you can name him as beneficiary 
And what I would suggest, and maybe just going back to that last question, maybe don't necessarily name him as executor. So if relations aren't great, the executor is the person in charge. It's a really important role. So I think there could be difficulties if he was named as executor. But I think name him as beneficiary. And again, I think, say if if you didn't, say if you, you leave all to your three children, I suppose going back to the case that we mentioned at the outset, there is that section 117 uh, so we could possibly contest the will. Yeah, you see he could come you know he could come back you know and, and contest as you've said and again maybe using an independent executor outside of the children to avoid all of this conflict might be a good idea in that situation as well Elaine. Yeah absolutely now I would say that being an executor can be quite a challenging quite yeah. a tough gig so you'd need to check it you know, with the proposed executor, make sure that they'd be happy to take on the role. But yeah, if you have a good executor named, it'll work really well. Fantastic. Elaine, as always, thank you so, so much for all of that great advice. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us on the show today. Thank you, Sinead. I really enjoy our chats. I just love them. Thanks a million. Me too. Thanks a million. (laughs) Elaine Byrne, solicitors. She has her own business now. She's on the main street in Athboy in County Mead. You can get in touch with her. She'd love to hear from you if you have more questions for her. 046 9404 That's 046 9404 You can also find her website as well, elainebyrnesolicitors.ie. 11 to 1 on LMFM. We have so many messages coming in for Elaine. Don't worry, we will have her back on the show again. I know there's an awful lot of queries around Wells. In the meantime, perhaps if you need your question answered very quickly, you can head over to her website and she'll be able to help you out there. But we will come back to it, I promise you. Now, getting back to today, and today is dedicated to the ultimate comfort food. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Whether you're extending, building or replacing your windows and doors, talk to your local Senator Windows dealer today on 1850 77 Temperatures out there, it's a cold one, 4 to 6 degrees. Sunset is at 5.54pm. Sunrise tomorrow is 7.22am. On this day in 2008, Fidel Castro retires as the President of Cuba due to ill health after nearly 50 years. And today is National Toast Day. So dig out your favourite bread and go to the toaster and uh, what would you be putting on it now? Would you be honey, just melty butter? Melty butter on batch toast. Amazing. Chocolate spread or peanut butter. So this was established in 2014 by Tip Tree World Bread Awards with Brook Food. National Toast Day celebrates our love of toast. LMFM Northeast Update. Now heading towards 12 news and after that we have some celebrity news for you. We also have our regular vets and their pet series in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic in Navin. Hazel Mullins will be back with us talking about farm animals. 11 to 1 on LMFM with LMFM On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. Good afternoon. If you're just joining us, you can get in touch on 086-1800-658. And you'll want to remember that number because I have tickets to give away. Seven Drunken Nights, the story of the Dubliners. It is coming to the TLT in Drogheda Sunday, February 27th. 
Direct from the West End, the show brings to life the music of Ireland's favourite sons, the Dubliners, telling the story of a career spanning 50 years and evoking the spirit of Ronnie Drew, Luke Kelly, Barney McKenna, Jim McCann, Kieran Burke and John Sheehan. So it's a true celebration of all things Dubliners. Tickets are available from the TLT.ie. I have two pairs of tickets up for grabs. All you have to do is name a member of the Dubliners. I've given you a whole load of them there. Just told you. Very simple. 086-1800-658. Lots getting in touch on this already, which is great. We'll pick two winners for these tickets towards the end of the show. Just name one of the Dubliners and you could be getting those tickets to the show on Sunday in the TLT. This is this Sunday, the 27th. TLT.ie for all the details. Now, moving on, and it's time to check in with the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM with the Crown Plaza Dundalk, featuring Ireland's tallest work of art, rooftop restaurant, bistro bar and conference rooms, wedding and banqueting for up to 400 people. The Crown Plaza Dundalk.ie has it all. Hi, I'm Crossy. The Batman premiere was in London last night. It starred Robert Pattinson as the Batman and Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Fans couldn't believe the pictures of Colin's transformation. We asked Rob about it. There was a lot to take in with how Colin looked in this movie, regardless of being a Batman. The first time I saw him, he only had his head makeup done, but his normal body, and he still had his Dublin accent. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. It seems to be the new way to tease music these days, playing it in the background of a TikTok or Instagram. And Normani is no different. She teased fans with new music on her TikTok last night, standing in front of her mirror. Here it is. I want to sing for you. You're my favourite still. When I say I won't tell myself I don't, but I always will. Feel the way I feel. Rob Brydon has been talking about the hit TV show Would I Lie to You? The man we all love as Bryn in Gavin and Stacey has revealed his best non-comedian guests on the show. It's often authority figures work well. So whether it's Nick Hewer from The Apprentice, where we had an episode where we ended up, the two of us, in a what, cuddle, jumper. cuddle jumper, right? Claudia's always great in it. Claudia Winkleman, mm-hmm. not a comedian. Yeah. Gabby Logan is always good on it. Richard Osman isn't a comedian, is he? But he, what's interesting when he comes on is he's basically doing the same thing that Lee does, which is incredible speed of thought. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM with the Crown Plaza Dundalk, featuring Ireland's tallest work of art, rooftop restaurant, bistro bar and conference rooms, wedding and banqueting for up to 400 people. The Crown Plaza Dundalk.ie has it all. I am so excited because the Batman is going to be heading to cinemas very, very soon. And on tomorrow's show, we have lots more from the premiere of Batman that's going to be popping up on Real Reviews tomorrow. Crossy, he's great. He has he has such a, you know, hard job, you know, heading over to, to London, to red carpets, to interview people like Robert Pattinson. I mean, seriously, somebody has to do it, you know. And he has very kindly given us lots of audio for from the red carpet for tomorrow's Real Review. So don't not miss that one. Now, uh, we're going to be heading now towards... Our regular feature, Vets and Their Pets, in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic in Navin. Hazel Mullins will be joining us just after these. 11 to 1 on LMFM. The LMFM Vets and Their Pets series is brought to you by Highfield Veterinary, Commons Road, Navin. 
catering for all your pets and farm animal needs. For more information or to make an appointment, visit highfields.ie. Follow Highfield Veterinary Navin on Facebook. It's time to return to our regular vets and their pet series in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic on the Commons Road in Navin. And today we are returning to our farm animals and our vet Hazel Mullins is on the line. How are you doing, Hazel? I'm great, Sinead. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. But today we are discussing something that is not very good for cows. We're discussing milk fever or hypocalcemia. Yes. Um, So a lot of maybe the listeners might know what this is and some people might know, but if anyone has any image of a of a farmer or a vet standing beside a cow with a bottle with a tube attached to it, either in the vein or under the skin of a cow, that's generally milk fever, what we're treating. So it's a very common condition that's generally mostly dairy cows because it's all about um, calcium metabolism. And, you know, when they're due to calf, a, a cow makes a lot of milk and colostrum for the calf. And they need a really big amount of calcium, so it's all so it's it's all about the hormone metabolism and all. It's a quite a complicated system, so it involves vitamin D, um, parathyroid hormone, calcium, magnesium. So it's a very complicated system. So if any little if any little thing goes wrong along that that system, or it it can cause um, what's called milk fever. So it's when a cow. Uh, after calving or just before calving it can happen as well the calcium levels drop so low that the muscle function of the cow can't you know it, it doesn't they don't they can't stand they start to wobble um, they if they're calving their calving might slow down and their uterus doesn't contract uh, correctly after calving as well they might they might hold on to the placenta they, they mightn't um, clean properly and yeah there's just a, a lot of things that can Wow, this is Lead very complex. Yeah, very it is complicated. A bit complex, yes, but it is. It's a very common thing on farm. Gen, but look, it used to be probably more common because there's been a lot of advances lately um, about nutrition and how to prevent it. So it's generally um, you need to have a very low calcium diet. So it doesn't yeah, it's, it's a little bit. You might think the, the opposite, just yeah. fill them up with calcium, but actually you need to have a very low calcium diet before calving because that makes their hormones kind of heightened. So actually, when they calf and they need this big flush of, of calcium, their hormones are really heightened. So then they really kick in. Whereas if you feed them a high calcium diet prior to calving, um, so example now would be if you gave dairy nuts, like what dairy cows usually usually eat um, after calving, that's, they're quite high in, in calcium. Um, so if you gave that beforehand and also if you were giving calcium licks or calcium quite far before calving, it actually dampens down the hormone response. So actually, a low calcium diet is what you need before calving, but a high magnesium content. So you need low calcium but high magnesium because magnesium is part of all this system of um, the metabolism of calcium. So if you've got low magnesium prior to calving, you can get issues with, with problems afterwards. So yeah, so low calcium prior to calving, high magnesium, and then you probably need as well um, the silage to be tested to make sure that the potassium level of your silage is not too high because potassium can actually interfere with calcium being absorbed um, in the rumen after after calving. So, yes, it's it's quite scientific. Yeah. But any nutritionist, any farmer out there that is having issues combining maybe nutritionist talks with your nutritionist, but also talks with your vet, taking blood samples as well and 
really investigating like what level of calcium is there after calving. So if you had a, if you think you're having issues, a couple of cows, you know, if you got them between 48 and 72 hours after calving, that can really show what level of, of calcium is in the herd. And, you know, anything under kind of two um, millimoles per litre is, is, is kind of a, an indication that you do have a problem on the farm. Okay, so that's good to watch out for. And what cows are more at risk then from getting this? Yes, so there's quite a few risk factors. So your older cows, so they have less calcium in their bones. So that's where the that's where the cows get the cows a lot of their calcium from. They they extract it from their bones, and uh, that's all to do with vitamin D. And, and and you know that's as well in humans. Like we have calcium in our bones as well. So the older cows would have a lower le- level of calcium. Jersey cows, um, they are notoriously um, poor at metabolizing calcium. So they, they're just predisposed to it just genetically. Um, so any of the Channel Island breeds, Jerseys, Guernsey cows, so, uh, and, and also heavier cows, so uh, cows with a high body condition, they also don't, they, around calving, they actually don't eat as much as a cow that's maybe in, in the right body condition. So they don't take in as much calcium um, at the at the point of calving, so they can they're predisposed as well. So um, a, a heavy Jersey, an old Jersey cow is probably the one that you probably really need to be looking at in yeah. your herd because they're the ones really at risk. Um, so the heifers really they they shouldn't they're they're very low risk. If, if the older cows are are a bigger risk, are a bigger risk of it. Now you mm. mentioned one or two of the symptoms there. How would we know uh, if the milk fever is in uh, the cow, and is this something then that if it affects one, it's going to spread? Yeah. So generally, it it's it doesn't spread um, as such as an infectious disease. So it is a metabolic disease. So it's Generally, if you have older cows in the herd and if, you, if they are a bit on the high end of the body condition, yes, it can be a, a, a herd-wide condition, but it can just affect the odd cow as well. But it's, it's picking those cows out and maybe having calcium boluses at the time you know, of calving that you can really supplement their calving quickly. And you've got these fresh cow drinks as well, full of calcium. And after calving, cows are really thirsty. So because they've lost so much you know, fluids from calving that they... They drink these these calving after calving drinks um, really quickly, and um, so the signs getting back to that would be like it, they can they can manifest in different ways. So you know, twitching of the ears, maybe a calving that's just a little slower than normal, um, a cow that maybe is just poor in her footing that she's just just a bit wavery and and not really not really taking nice strides, and also just kind of heightened alert alertness they just they they you kind of know by them that they're just they're just not feeling great and they feel a bit wobbly and then if you let it progress then they actually go down and they they can't get up again oh. that's really your you know a lot of people would have will will know a down cow is very much associated sometimes with milk fever so okay um, as best we would get calls to a down cow and i suppose number one our differential if it's just freshly calved would be milk fever yeah, and like you said there at the start, you know, this idea of the tube and uh, the uh, calcium going in, is that sort of how you, you treat or how do you treat when this happens? Yeah, so um, if the cow is down, um, a lot of farmers will, will call the vet and, and, you know, you get IV calcium and under the skin. And But if they're quite mild signs, even under the skin calcium or even giving them a calcium bolus, which is a really highly concentrated uh, kind of a, a big chalk 
um, bolus that you can give them. That just gives them a, bit, a boost of calcium and it can actually stop the cow progressing into becoming a downer cow. Um, so yeah, it's 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 different. It's different on on the severity of the of the cow's symptoms. So it just depends. And as we mentioned, you know, and we always mention on this, and it's it's good to reiterate this again, prevention is the best course of action here. So you mentioned there just at the start, you know, for checking calcium levels. This is quite common at this time of the year, as you mentioned there as well, with calving mm-hmm. happening. So what sort of preventative measures can farmers do? So definitely figuring out what they're eating. So having your silage analysed to make sure it's not too high in potassium. Um, taking a few bloods from freshly calved cows can give you an indication, especially if you had one or two cases of milk fever. Um, generally, you know, making sure that they have a diet that's low in calcium but high in magnesium. So a cow should be taking in about 40 grams of magnesium per day orally. So that's through minerals, but also, you know, the, the magnesium in the, in the silage as well. So that's, that's another thing why you should get your silage checked and yeah, so basically it is just look and also the body condition score of your cows. So you yeah. shouldn't have have heavy, you know, higher than 3.5 in the body condition score because they are predisposed to it. Um, older cows as well, maybe just even identifying those cows that are higher risk, maybe cows with twins, because obviously the twin calves are taking more calcium yeah. into their bones um, for growth. And also um, the older cows and any anything that's, that's higher body condition score and also your Jersey cows, your older Jersey cows, um, they should maybe be getting maybe a bolus just before calving just to give them that extra boost or else a fresh cow drink, something like that, that you're just recognizing, OK, these cows, it's a natural thing that they need all this mm. calcium around calving and just, you know, making sure that we're giving them enough just to get them over that, that risk period. Well, Hazel, thank you as always for all of that great information. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much, Nate. Hazel Mullins there from Highfield Veterinary Clinic in Navin and we will be returning to vets and their pets next week. On the way, I've got music from Monday and another competition for you. 11 to 1 on LMFM. LMFM. Fancy a night at the theatre. Well, Karen Ross Drama Group are going to be taken to the stage once again to perform Playboy of the Western World. I have tickets up for grabs. I'll give you the details of that competition after Monday. There's Monday, Galway Girl on LMFM's 11 to 1. I want to say congratulations to Elvlyn Nisidale. I hope I'm pronouncing your second name right. You're in Kilberry in Navin and also PJ Collins in Laytown. You are going along to Seven Drunken Nights, the story of the Dubliners in the TLT this Sunday I will have more tickets to give away on tomorrow's show for that but I do have another competition for you Yes, the Karen Ross Drama Group are back on stage. They are performing the Playboy of the Western World in the Karen Ross Community Hall. They've started off their show. It's gone really well on the 18th, 19th and 20th, but they have a repeat performance tomorrow night, the 25th, and also Saturday, 26th and Sunday, 27th. Uh, if you want tickets for this, 87 3818 I have a pair of tickets to the show up for grabs. Always a great show with the Karen Ross drama players. They are fantastic. If you'd like to go along, very simple. All you have to do is WhatsApp or text me the word drama. Followed by your details 086 658 Drama. Followed by your details to 086 658 And we'll pick a winner for those tickets very, very shortly. 11 to 1 on LMFM. LM. 
I know Jerry Kelly was talking about pancakes the other day. He was confusing us on Tuesday. I thought for a second it was Pancake Tuesday. But no, next Tuesday, the 1st of March is Pancake Tuesday. And there's a special fundraiser happening for the Gary Kelly Centre on that morning in the D Hotel in Drogheda. You can go along there between 10 and midday. Enjoy a delicious pancake with tea or coffee for just a fiver. And all proceeds are going to the great work that the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre are doing. So it's happening Pancake Tuesday morning between 10 and midday at the D Hotel. Last call for tickets to the Playboy of the Western World. If you want to go along and see the Karen Ross Drama Group perform, all you have to do is message in the word drama to 086-1800-658, followed by your details. Going to choose a winner very, very shortly. Sophie Doyle Ryder, she is a name to watch out for. She really is absolutely brilliant. That's her debut too much on LMFM's 11 to 1. We are just out of time, but I do have time to mention Eamon McQuillan in Monaster Boys. You were going along to see Playboy of the Western World. Karen Ross Drama Group, fantastic show. You can get tickets and details from 87 3818 if you missed out on winning them today. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company as always. Back tomorrow with lots of crack movies, Friday Floor Filler in tomorrow's show but for now it's goodbye I'll leave you with Coolio 11 to 1 on LMFM Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.